Okay, um, let's, let's uh, first of all bow for a word of prayer before I start. Okay, let's pray. Uh, dear God, thank you so much for just allowing me to get up in front of church, Lord, to deliver your message. And just to share uh, my testimony of 2007 and the blessing uh, Laura and I, our family, received. Uh, we ask that you uh, just guide me through this message that uh, everyone in the audience can take a little bit from it and apply it to their lives. And uh, just think about you, Lord, and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so if you guys have your Bibles today, please turn to James 1, verse 17. So once again, that's James chapter 1, verse 17. So James 1, chapter 17, and it reads, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So kind of just focusing on the beginning part. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So 2017, uh, I mean, God has blessed a lot of us in here, and for sure me with a lot of things. But there's one thing I wanted to uh, tell you guys uh, this time around, and it's related to miracles. And it's hard sometimes for us to wrap our heads around, do miracles really happen in this day and age? Um, And I wanna be here standing up in front of you to tell you that miracles do happen every day. And I, I'll say the secular world, people who are worldly probably wouldn't agree with us, agree with me, but I'm here to tell you that that's not true. So childbirth is a miracle. Whether you've had a sibling, a cousin, a family member who've encountered childbirth, or even if you learned about it in school, or even if you had a child, think about it. Childbirth is a miracle. I'm in the medical field, And today's technologies and medicines are so sophisticated. They're so good. A lot of research has gone through medication and technology that the process of childbirth doesn't really feel like a miracle anymore, right? But if we think about the olden days, a lot of complications can happen. And still, even today, complications can happen. So for my story, a lot of things could have gone wrong, but I I really feel from the grace of God, things did not go wrong. So in the early stages, Laura had a few doctor's appointments and and blood draws because initially we weren't sure if some of the bleeding that she had was was incidental or was it really something wrong. And what I mean by something wrong is, is the embryo, is the baby viable? Um, So some of you guys know the terminology miscarriage. So that's what uh, people would say. So we weren't sure Uh, Laura had bleeding. um, And so she took the test, the blood test, um, and we waited, and at the six-week uh, ultrasound, which is the first ultrasound, um, the, the, the technicians there and the doctors uh, did the ultrasound. They told us that, you know, the baby's there. Um, she, she, Mei Mei means little sister, so we call her Mei Mei. Joshua, if you guys don't know who Joshua is, he's, he's that guy running around with a lot of energy. Kind of looks like me, people say, but I guess. Um, so... He's the older brother. She's the May May, and we were able to confirm that she was there, and you know the heartbeat was strong. So we were pretty lively, upbeat, and we were going to our next ultrasound at 12 weeks, 
And it was a late Thursday afternoon, and it was the last appointment at UCSF Mission Bay. So I work over at San Francisco General Hospital. Now it's called Zuckerberg General Hospital. Zuckerberg apparently donated some money, so I guess we plastered his name onto the hospital. Likewise, Benioff, too, for UCSF. But anyway, uh, we had the last appointment at UCSF Mission Bay, and when I walked in there, we were really the only ones. Everything was pretty much dark. A lot of people left the offices already, ready to go home. And so I've been through this already with Joshua. So we go through the ultrasound. The technician takes some measurements, takes a lot of pictures of the baby, and they pretty much uh, log it in the system. They leave the room. They talk about it with the attending. And usually what typically happens is the genetic counselor would come out and, you know, ask you, would you like to have a consultation? Just, uh, and what he or she does as a genetic counselor, they go through a lot of the mathematics of what can go wrong, if it can go wrong, and things like that. So with Joshua, we went through that whole phase, and uh, we sat with the genetic counselor. So it was late Thursday afternoon. We had the last appointment. I was tired. We finished work. I was looking at my watch. I said, oh, you guys took your measurements. Everything looks good, right? Let's go. And it's really weird. The genetic counselor like, look, looked at me. She said, Justin, this is not an option. This is actually mandatory. I said, what? How is that possible? Because with Joshua, it was an option. And you know, I didn't think of anything of it, right? So she said, please come into my office. You know, we need to talk to you, talk to you both about uh, what's going on. So of course, we were confused. You know, I don't really, I mean, I was pretty worried. And the counselor basically explained, I, didn't want, I don't want to get too technical, but um, they take a measurement of the baby's neck. There's this gap behind the neck, and they measure the fluid in there. And there's a certain threshold, and the threshold was three. Let's just throw out three. And they measured it, and uh, Maymay's measurement exceeded three. And so established in California, once it exceeds three, we ha they, as in the genetic counselors and the doctors, have to talk to them about you know, what things can go wrong and might go wrong. So a lot of things was going through my mind at this point. So we sat in there. So the genetic counselor, I got lost in all the numbers. She was talking about, oh, your baby can have Dow syndrome. Your baby can have Edwards syndrome. Your baby could have trisomy 13 syndrome. And I said, what is the bottom line with all these diseases? What's the disorder? Just tell me. She said, these are fatal. These are basically fatal. And because you have a measurement that exceeded that California um, state regulation, it's a one in five chance. If you guys do the math, that's 20%. 20% chance of having a fatal disorder. You know, I'm not a math mathematician, but I know 20%. I know what 1% is. I know what 2%. And 20% was pretty big, okay? And so, I mean, Laura and I looked at each other. We were so confused. I had fear, sadness, anger, and, you know, we began to tear up, you know, because we never really confronted something like this in our lives. And like I said, with Joshua, just everything seemed so, went to go smoothly. So we prayed from the beginning until now, and we really were praying, we really need God's help to get us through, um, through this situation. So the counselor pretty much gave us a couple options. Number one, do another blood test that will give you a percentage of the likelihood of having any of these fatal abnormalities. Or you can do a CVS, which is really similar to 
I don't know if you guys ever heard of amniocentesis, where they basically insert a needle into the to your uh, belly and you you get you extract fluid from there, and they basically test the fluid um, at that point. But since we're only 12 weeks in, a CVS is actually more invasive. It actually extracts tissue because um, you don't have enough fluid at that point at 12 weeks. So um, that was option two. And option three was to elect to terminate. And when we heard that, you know, it, it, you know hearing that and actually ha having it happen to you, it's so crazy. You know, Laura and I looked at each other and, you know, just believing in God and what we've learned at church is, you know, that has to be off the table, you know. Terminating is not what we want to do, and we would live with what we have to do, okay? So we elected to go with option two, doing the CVS. So it was really, really scary and painful for Laura. So um, we had to decide when we were going to do the CVS. It was Thursday, and basically when she does the CVS test, she's not able to lift anything heavy. So anything over, they said, ten, uh, I think five to ten pounds or something like that. So Joshua, he's He's really a mommy's boy. He always wants, you know, Laura to hold him and things like that. And I was working the weekend, so we wanted to do ASAP, but we had to delay it till the following week. So we did it on, I believe, a Monday. And so when Laura went to the appointment, um, she described it to me. I wasn't in the room, but she said that, you know, all I remember was the entire process took about 30 minutes. They inserted a really big, long needle extracting the placenta tissue. And placenta is basically the living source for the baby, okay? And she basically had numb and some, and there's risks obviously with um, penetrating uh, the placenta, okay? You can have miscarriages that just come about from the procedure. And so she went through the CVS test and thankfully she made it out and they were able to get the tissue. And so the tissue actually has to go to the lab and it takes a couple weeks to get the, the results back. And so we were anxiously, anxiously waiting. And um, we don't really take vacations too often, but we planned to trip out to uh, Mount, uh, Mount Zion National Park, uh, Zion National Park over in uh, Utah a while ago, the year before. So we said, should we cancel the Zion National Park, uh, you know, vacation adventure given, you know, the circumstances now? But we said, you know what, maybe we need to get our minds away from what's happening to us right now. So let's, let's just go on the trip. So actually, I was actually very thankful we got to the trip because when we got there, I'm not really an outdoors person. I don't really go to, you know, the mountain range. The best thing I see in nature is basically Golden Gate Park, you know, and, and the local playgrounds. So when I got there, I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. You know, I got to see God's creation, the canyons, and just how things were just so perfect the way he wanted. And everything just made sense. And it gave us a lot of time to have devotion time with God. You know, we're really busy in our daily lives, whether it's work, school, our family, our lives in general. But this really gave me a time out and Laura a time out just to just process what's happening and just to have spend some time with God. And so during our trips within that two weeks, um, the counselor actually gave us a call back. But Laura didn't want to notice the results via the phone by herself. So she told the genetic counselor, can you please just leave a voicemail for us because, you know, we're on, we're at, we're in Utah right now. Um, we're not ready. I don't think I was ready um, to hear what was going to happen. And so I just needed more time just to kind of get my mind straight and just prepare my heart. And so we actually didn't listen to it until after the Zion trip 
until we got back. And uh, it was just sitting in, in her voicemail on her phone for a while. So we, we mustered up enough courage basically to listen to the voicemail. And when we listened to the voicemail, man, I mean, we were so relieved, okay? The genetic counselor said, the results of the placenta tissue are normal, okay? The baby would not have any fatal chromosomal disease. I mean, amen. I mean, that was like so, so, so huge for us, you know? I mean, I don't even remember something that, you know, we were praying so hard for this and, you know, for God to bless us with that, you know, that, that just meant so much to me, okay? But the challenge didn't end there. So there were still a couple of challenges ahead. She also said, well, the fatal diseases may not happen, but there are chances of heart defects. Heart defects, I'll say heart defects? How's that possible? Well, basically, Justin, this, this genetic you know, lab that we did basically can't determine how the heart's gonna form. We don't know what Mamie's heart's gonna look like. So we need to schedule a heart ultrasound Basically, the heart ultrasound uh, to examine her heart. So they look at all the chambers of the heart. They look at the anatomy of the heart. They look at the blood flow in and out of the heart. So I was like, wow, when is this going to end? You know, this is a lot for me. So fast forwarding to the heart ultrasound. This was a long, long test, okay? I felt that I was sitting in that room longer than the first, the six-week and the 12-week ultrasound. This was, took like an hour, I felt like. And... They're taking a lot of photos of the baby, and when a technician was done with the photos, she left the room, and yeah, she did not come back. So, you know, when someone doesn't come back, that means they're disgusting, discussing the results with, uh, you know, the physician. And, you know, sometimes, usually I feel like that's not a good thing. So, we're waiting anxiously, and I was just looking at Laura, we we're just praying, and the, the technician actually didn't come back to the room. The attending physician came into the room. I was like, whoa. Now that's weird. So usually you would have the attending trainee come in and talk to you about the results. It wasn't that serious, right? So the attending, the top of the top physician came in and he wanted to talk to us like, oh great, what is it now? So he said, first thing he said was rest assured. I was like, whew, good thing, rest assured. Thankfully, we didn't find anything on the heart ultrasound that shh, that's gonna tell us right now that there are any heart defects at this moment. But he says, Things can always change when she, when she comes, uh, come, when she comes out, and you know she's here. So you know I'll take that. Right now, if things look normal, great. We were so relieved. Um, so taking a break from Maymay's story with this, another thing happened to us, and I didn't share this with you guys at the fellowship um, because I didn't have enough time. But basically, this next situation was about Laura. She told me, "Hey Justin, you know I feel a little chest pain." And I feel, I feel a few, I feel a few lumps on my breast, and I don't know what this is. So we said, "Oh man, this is this is not good." We immediately scheduled an appointment to see a specialist at UCSF to have her checked out. And now, now the baby didn't need an ultrasound. Now she needed an ultrasound to figure out what was happening in her chest. So when he did the ultrasound, they found two lumps. The ultrasound basically was specific enough to see the lumps, but it wasn't thorough enough to know like what are these lumps? What what is it? Is it cancerous? Is it something else? I don't know. So she had to take a biopsy where they also go with a needle and take a tissue sample from her. And this first one was fast. The results 
Uh, they sent out the results, and the test would come back the day of, actually. So um, we were patiently waiting for this one as well. And when the results came back, the biopsy showed that these lumps here are basically an infection. So infect infections you know, can happen also in, that, in the, the breast chest tissue, and that's what she had. So the doctor gave her a prescription for antibiotics. Take these antibiotics for the next uh, two weeks and then have a follow-up visit. So great, that's what we did. We, uh, she took the antibiotics for the next two weeks. We, we scheduled a follow-up appointment. And of course, anytime you're pregnant and if you're taking medicine, there's always a risk of the medicine complicating things and actually affecting not only the person who needs the medication, but the baby, right? So uh, we're, we were a little worried about that, but luckily they picked an antibiotic that was safe for the baby and for pregnancy. So um, we, we scheduled the next appointment follow-up and fast forwarding, we go to the follow-up. She does another ultrasound. And they said, oh, you know what? We see the two lumps. One of the lumps got smaller, but one of the other lumps did not. So we said, wait a second. That's really strange. How can the antibiotic not heal both lumps? So now is a little call for concern. And um, the physician was concerned. So she basically talked to us about going through a pretty invasive procedure where you have to take numbing medicine to extract some tissue from the other lump just to, to, to type out what's happening there. So if you guys don't know, Laura's a oncology pharmacist, so she tends to jump to a lot of conclusions, you know? When she sees a lump, oh, it's cancer, right? So right when, when, right when we knew that, I mean, she was like so sad, she was crying, and I told her, you know what? We need to calm down, and we need to pray to God, and we need to really, really ask for God for guidance, you know? Because she said, Justin, you know, what is, this is really, really bad. Imagine me being pregnant, and I would have to have chemotherapy. And we know chemotherapy is very, really toxic, and it not only affects, the, obviously, the person, it affects the baby. So we were really scared about that. And she has patients that are pregnant with cancer, and she knows, you know, the hardship that they go through with that. So we waited for this one, uh, this result to come back. And this, was, this took a little while because it's more invasive. They actually have to type out the tissue. And when they called us with the result, God delivered again. They said, you know what, this tissue, for some reason, it didn't go down in size, but it's really just some kind of inflammation that's going around, going on with this lump. It's not cancerous by any means. So we said, thank God, amen, you know, that's, that's great. So, so, you know, one thing after another, after another, I said, you know, how much more can I take? You know, this is just really strange. This is happening to us. So for the final stretch, Laura and Maymay were doing pretty well, and Laura just, one, one night, you know, she just didn't feel, feel right. She just felt really bad, and she threw up. She had a lot of cramping in her ab area, and I was thinking, oh man, is it, is it I mean, is the baby like maturing, and she's ready to come out, or what's, what's happening? So um, after a while, it was, the pain wasn't bearable for her, and she was just throwing up after over and over. So we took our first trip back to UCSF Mission Bay. So I was thinking, was the baby ready to come out? Well, we listened to the team over there. They said, nope. Guess what, Laura, what do you have? You have food poisoning. I said, food poisoning? How'd that happen? Because, you know, we've been eating the same thing, right? Joshua eats the same thing. I eat the same thing with, uh, that Laura eats, right? So how is this possible? So they said, well, it is food poisoning. 
you got to realize, Justin, also, when you have a pregnant person, that person's immune system is technically actually weaker than someone who's not pregnant. So I said, oh, okay, that makes a little sense. So uh, the doctor checked, you know, Mei Mei out, and um, she was obviously going uh, under, undergoing a lot of stress because when Laura feels stressed and when her heartbeat is, you know, being fast, and when she's throwing up, the stress level in her body increases, it increases the fetal uh, Mei Mei's um, body heart rate as well. So I was like, oof, this is, uh, hopefully she's okay. You know, her, I see her heart rate jumping up higher and higher on the monitor. And um, the, the team over there at UCSF, we got some IV fluids and some nausea medications to help with the nausea so she would stop throwing up. And eventually, you know, after, you know, basically a whole day of spending there with, with her, uh, she felt, she did feel better. So then come the following week. So Laura said, man, what's happening? I feel this cramp again. Why? You know, and I don't feel well. I feel nauseous again. So I said, let's not risk it. Let's just go to UCSF again. And so we went there. They said, you guys are back again? It's like, yes, we are. And what's going on? Oh, she's still throwing up. She still feels the same. Um, so what can it be? Is the baby ready to come out now? Nope. Uh, the baby was not. It was food poisoning again. Now, how did it happen? Basically, we went to Mountain View for one of my old pharmacy school, pharmacy school friend's house, and he had a barbecue, and he ordered Hawaiian barbecue with mac salad, right? Mac salad's good. Everyone likes mac salad, right? So we decided to take some home with us. So we took it home. We, uh, we drove back. You know, it takes some time to get home. We sat around. We didn't eat dinner until probably 6.30. And I think we had lunch around 12.30, so at least six, seven hours have passed. Laura's pretty hungry. She said, I can't wait. I'm just going to eat this mac salad. There you go. The mac salad was bad. It wasn't refrigerated. It sat in the car the whole time. We left it on the table. I didn't eat it. Joshua didn't eat it. That's why we're not, we weren't sick, but she decided to eat it. It's like, oh, man, lesson learned. Refrigerate your food, number one. Or two, just don't risk it. So, so... So she, we, we went back, she presented with food poisoning due to this mac salad. So we were able to get to the cause fairly quickly after some interviewing by the team over there. And again, the baby, I saw the monitor again when she was throwing up, her heart rate went up, uh, Mimei's heart rate went up. It was, man, just, it just always stressed me out when I see that. Um, but eventually Laura got better after the same treatment. And so here comes the third week, right? So what else can really go wrong the third time, right? So Laura, uh, it was one night, Laura just felt a different cramping this time. She said, it's not the same. It's not the same. So don't worry. It's not the same this time. So why don't you go out with your brother and take Joshua and go have dinner? Because my brother called me up. He says, why don't we have dinner tonight? And so I said, okay, let's do it. And I'm a little, I have a little fear of bringing Joshua out because he's kind of uh, a loose cannon where he doesn't really stay next to me. If I don't hold him or tell him to stay, he'll just dart out of the car. And so I'm always afraid to take him out. So I said, well, if my brother's going, and if Jenny's there and the girls are there, that he might behave, right? And so I said, I have enough courage to take him out and give Laura some rest at home. So she said, go enjoy yourself. Come back, just buy me food and just have a good time. So that's what I did. We went out to dinner, we had a good time. Joshua behaved himself. He didn't run off. And we got back home. And Laura was sitting in the same position when I left. 
I said, this is not good. She didn't get up. Her face looked a little worried, as in she doesn't feel, she felt some, uh, she didn't feel comfortable. And so I said, so what's going on? She said, well, basically I have this pain radiating, radiating down my back. Uh, and, you know, it's different from the other ones. And I don't know what it is. And I said, okay, so why don't we just sit around, you know, just see how it goes, wait a couple hours, and if you don't feel well, let's go to the next step. And so we sat around, it was 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 10.30, 10.45, she said, oh, I'm not feeling well. This is not good. We need to go to the hospital. Of course, no hesitation. Been there twice already. I know the route. Everything is, I know exactly where to go. Pick, packed up our bags. We, we went on our way. So as we, we arrived to the hospital, this time when they hooked her up, it was really, truly cramping that is analogous to, um, to basically labor and contraction. So we said, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. So, it, you know, this is happening. You know, this is happening. I can't believe it. You know, maybe he's ready to come out. I looked at the clock. It was 11.59, okay? And then the clock moved to midnight, and it was September 10th. And in my mind, September 10th, means in my head, happy birthday, Joshua, okay? And I was thinking, happy birthday, Joshua? But I told Laura, can you hold this baby in for another 23 plus hours? Can you please, can you try? You know, I'll even, I'll even take 9-11, you know? Does it have to be September 10th? And I said, oh man, this can't be true, this, this can't be. Lo and behold, she looked at me, she said, I don't think I can hold this in for 23 plus hours. This baby's coming out. So I said, fine, let's do it. And so we basically went, to the, went through the whole uh, birthing process. It was so fast. After three pushes, Mei Mei came out so quickly. She was so blue. I've never seen anyone blue, that, that blue. I was really scared. I was like, what's going on with her? Is she breathing? You know, I mean, we've, run, we've ran around blocks and miles and things like that. And we have fast heart rates and... We, we, we labor for breath, but she was really blue, and I was so scared. She said, the nurse said, don't worry, Justin. We see this all the time. Basically, when a baby comes out so quickly, they don't have time to basically process everything, and she'll be okay. And she, she's breathing. I said, okay. I, I trust you guys. So she, she made sure everything was okay, and, you know, I was thinking in my head, it's happy birthday, Joshua. It's happy birthday, Jamie. Maybe, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, whether or not they're going to like have the same birthday. If you guys never, you know, never had, have never known anyone with the same birthday, some of you guys have, you guys told me, but I've never had anyone, you know, in my life had the same birthday. So now I have children with the same birthday. So we're going to see how this goes in the future. Um, but we were just so blessed and so happy that Maymay May was okay. And that was, that's what, that's all that matter. Okay. And so really, I wanted to close with this, with this paragraph that I, I thought about and what I really wanted to leave you guys with. You know, like, likewise with a lot of you guys, you guys are in career, you guys have gone to college. And I thought back in my time when I was in school, and Laura and I, you know, we studied really hard for, you know, through high school, through college, through pharmacy school. You know, we were always able to prepare ourselves for the test after test after test. And you know what? If I didn't like the results of the test I took, I could try again 
and again, and I can study harder and harder and take the next, next test and make it up on the final. Some of you guys, you know, who are in the co college realm and kind of moving on, you guys know what I mean. You can always take it again and do better. But this time, this test that we went through with Mei Mei was so out of our hands. It wasn't something that we could study for. It wasn't something that I really couldn't prepare myself for. And so I really want to tell you guys that the results that we went through are not determined by anything that we can do. So God has always been and will always be our answer to our test, okay? So just always remember that. I know we go through a lot of things in our lives you know, that we can relate to. Um, and just always remember that God will always be there for us. And just have faith, trust, and obey. And, you know, this is his world, and he will take care of us, okay? And lastly, we had to come up with a name. And we didn't really know what we wanted to name her. And so we thought about, so what is a girl, good girl's name that started with a J or an L? So we, wanted, we were thinking about an L just to, just Laura, Laura's name starts with an L, obviously. But, and my name starts with a J. And she said, well, let's stick to the J's because Joshua's name is a J, too. So I said, but what J names are out there that we like for, you know, for her? So we looked and looked, and we couldn't really decide. A lot of names I came up with were too trendy, you know, compared to what she thought. She's like, I like traditional names. Justin, you're too trendy. So Joshua was more her picking, which was a traditional. So, you know, you guys will all know eventually. Just know when to agree and when no, when no not to put up, you know. A lot of barriers okay so I didn't put up a bear in this one we thought long and hard so we came up with Jamie because as this verse that I read to you guys James the female play on the name of James so James obviously a male's name and there are some people who named their daughters James but we didn't want to do that we thought of Jamie so Jamie is, is a good play on you know the name of James so we wanted to keep it biblical and we really like the name Jamie so our MMA was named Jamie and, you know, fast forwarding, everything is, she's pretty healthy right now. Everything is okay. And we really thank God for being with us every step of the way. Okay, I'd like to end off with a word of prayer there. So let's please bow our eyes, uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, dear God, thank you so much for just being with Laura and I through this whole process. This miracle that we saw in our life and that, you know, we know that miracles happen every day still. And some people might not think so, but I'm here to testify that that is true. And we just want to remind everyone that, you know, things, we go through a lot of things in life, but we just always have to depend on you. We have to trust and obey and just know that, you know, you are always with us um, each and every single day, um, forever and ever. Okay. And you're in our hearts. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, thank you, Justin. Justin, everybody.